Will you look at those morons? I paid my taxes over a year ago. Dad. What is it, sweetie? Did you see a scary picture in your picture book? That was last year's taxes. You have to pay again this year. No, because you see, I went ahead and year-wise, I was counting forward from the last previous... Don't! I put the tax forms on top of your to-do pile a month ago. I have a to-do pile? <gasps> March, how many kids do we have? Oh, no time to count. I'll just estimate. Uh, nine. Oh, you know we don't have... Shut up, shut up. If I don't hear you, it's not illegal. Okay, I need some deductions, deductions. Oh, business gifts. Here you go. Keep using nuclear power. Homer, I painted that for you. Okay, Marge, if anyone asks, you require 24-hour nursing care, Lisa's a clergyman, Maggie has seven people, and Bart was wounded in Vietnam. Cool. Well... Homer Simpson, United States government. Hmm? Help! Somebody! Help! Mr. Simpson, this government computer can process over nine tax returns per day. Did you really think you could fool it? No, oh, sir, I'm really sorry, sir. An older boy told me to do it. You're looking at five years, minimum. No, please, I'll do anything. Anything? Well, that's a start. Agent Johnson, FBI. I'm very happy to meet you. From now on, you're going to work for us. Okay, but could you pay me under the table? I got a little tax problem. They want you to spy on your friends? Not spy, squeal. I've got no choice. Well, if my cover gets blown and I need help, what's the signal? No. Hey, see you watching the ball game. Looks like a good one. Any of you involved in any illegal activity? Because I could sure go for some. Oh, God. How about you, Lenny? Testing, testing, Lenny. You saying you want to commit a crime, Homer? Maybe, but first I need to hear about some other crimes to get me fired up. You mean like the time you was running moonshine out of your basement? Or that telemarketing scam you pulled? Uh, like those, but involving you. Oh, you, you mean like the time Barney beat up George Bush? Barney? That was me! And I'd do it again. Why stop there, Homer? My militia has a secret plan to beat up all sorts of government officials. That'll teach them to drag their feet on high-definition TV. You're under arrest for conspiracy. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, how did they finger Charlie? Somebody must have ratted him out. Uh, that's ridiculous, Mo. And transmission. Welcome to the Bitcoin. No, all right. Let me try again. It's not the Bitcoin podcast. <laughs> well, it is the Bitcoin. premier Bitcoin yeah. podcast, the noted Bitcoin podcast. Yeah. Why? Why has no one decided that like 
they're going to be the Bitcoin podcast because you like that's up for grabs. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, you have to be Roger Ver to to have the chutzpah to do that. Uh, uh, says the founder of the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute. <laughs> sure, sure, scammer. Hey, everyone, his, everyone. You stole Satoshi's white paper, and now you've created SegwitCoin. How dare you? Um, yeah, maybe we should. Uh, I just started a lightning ICO. <laughs> yeah, the lightning ICO. That one. Uh, anyway, this is the noted Bitcoin podcast uh, with your co-hosts Pierre Rochard, myself, and Michael Goldstein, aka Bitstein. How's it going, Michael? Uh, it's going well. It's uh, been been a while. Like we kind of had a, a lull. We've just uh, I think you've had a lot going on with uh, building the node launcher and other other projects, and I've been working and yeah, yeah. We got to get on track back into the regular groove as we get into the summer here. Um, something that I was I was doing before starting the podcast. Uh, our listeners won't be able to see this, but uh, my power cord is getting very frayed and uh, messed up and I'm afraid that at some point and this is the the for charging my MacBook at some point I'll get electrocuted and, and die from that so I was looking for a, a replacement and it's funny on on the Apple website they have reviews for the products that they sell and their reviews for this charger are all one star. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, I've had the same issue on a lot of mine. I've had to use electrical tape to uh, wrap it up. Um, I think it's because of that little, the little clip piece. I think it's like, I think it's too tight on there. So over time, there's just too much friction on the 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 material that's wrapping the wires. And just over time, yeah, it breaks it's through. also, it's perpendicular to your laptop instead of being parallel with your laptop. Like they have old... Um, connectors that are parallel, and so you have fewer issues, I think, with that. Um, but it's also it's bizarre to me that you're a one of the largest, if not the largest, you know, corporation in the world, and you're selling a product on your website, and it has one star reviews, and like you're not even hiding those reviews. You're like, yeah, this is a product we sell. It's got one star. It's like, Deal why would it. you? Yeah, why would you not? Okay, guys, we I understand these laptops are from 2015. We're still selling chargers because they keep getting screwed up. Can we like make a better charger for the old versions of the laptops so that we have like maybe a, a three star charger on our website and not a one star chart? I it's bizarre. Yeah, well, they also almost have no reason to have to improve it, at least from the point of view that. Uh, from my understanding of those chargers, you can't get knockoffs. I mean, you can, but you should not. Yeah, the knockoffs are going to light on fire. Yeah, that that block uh, that you're plugging into uh, the wall, that has a lot of machinery inside, and it's very complicated. And uh, I, I don't remember, it may have been Ken Sheriff or one of those other mm-hmm. um, kind of cool techie guys uh, that like to prod into hardware, they were opening it up and looking at the comparison between like an actual MacBook charger and a knockoff, and you should not touch a knockoff one. <laughs> but it, to me, that that only makes this situation even more bizarre, which is that they put a lot of effort and quality control and engineering into the rectangular or square block, 
But then the connector, they were like, oh, well, whatever, you know, like. Yeah, it, it is strange. They even, I mean, I think the, the MagSafe concept is also, it's just like one of those small things that's actually really brilliant. Just because if you accidentally, you know, hit the wire, it just pops out as opposed to with old laptops of every other kind, it would uh, basically break everything. Uh, yeah, I, re- I remember that stuff where you had I'm telling medical- you, it's that little, it's that little clip so that yeah. you can you can uh, clip the wire to itself after you've wrapped it up. That is the problem. Okay, all right, maybe you're right. So I was, uh, I, I went on the Apple website and and then I thought to myself, well, uh, what if there's a merchant that is signed up with Lolly that I could earn Bitcoin back with it? So. I went on Lolly and I saw that the Best Buy uh, has it, and and Best Buy has like free shipping and five dollars off versus the Apple Store online and for was, for a legit uh... yeah for a real one for an yeah. Apple charger. I was like, all right, I I guess I just don't understand business or <laughs> capitalism and yeah I, okay. Noted Bitcoin podcast episode forty five brought to you by Lolly. <laughs> Try Lolly. <laughs> Try Lolly. <laughs> I still have not tried Lolly. Have you? I mean, I, it sounds like you've used it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm on. On the verge. On the cusp of using it. And then I got the notification that the uh, podcast was starting, so I had to uh, uh, close some tabs. But yeah, I'll, I'll get back to 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 that, and then I'll I'll provide a uh, a review. Um, I do think you have to wait. You have to wait until like the return period has passed before you actually get credited the mm-hmm. the bitcoins. Um, but it also sense. it's like uh, yeah. just to, to prevent fraud. It's funny. I was yeah that that does make sense. Uh, no chargebacks. Um, the I was uh, I was thinking too like people would be like oh Pierre like that's very you know high time preference of you you should buy. You should buy bitcoins instead of buying a new charger, and then just like deal why with not both. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, but yeah, I it, it's it's all about subjective preferences, right? My subjective preference would not to be electrocuted by my charger. Uh, I value that higher than you know making a little more money on on bitcoin. But, yeah, yeah, I also think the the investment of a good laptop and its various accessories cannot be overstated. Um, and it, the that's laptop- the part that gets me though is that like i'm gonna have to buy this new charger and i'm gonna have to replace it again in like two years uh because they're not improving their old chargers it's very yeah. frustrating M- meanwhile my my laptop itself i've had it since 2014 um and i had to replace the battery at one point um and it was actually it was it was around the time that apple kind of says that your battery is going to last this many charges and stuff mm. and i did the math and it was it was pretty spot on which uh, there could still be like, uh, you know, the obsolescence. What is it? What's the word? Oh, the planned uh, ob- obsolescence. Obsolescence. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Uh, yeah, planned obsolescence, but they tell you up front, and so you're okay with it. But in either case, it was like, yeah. you know, it's still like four years of just great battery, and then I got it replaced, and it's back to how it was. And otherwise, the computer, I, I have, I have zero reason to feel the need to go get a new laptop. So that's it's impressive. So get your charger straight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think though that part of it is is the the end of Moore's law. So like your a laptop that you buy today versus one you bought two years ago, it's just not going to be like ten x faster or twice as fast. 
it might be like 20% or 10%, you know, better, but right. It seems like the, the real bells and whistles of stuff after that is, you know, the little touch bar with stuff, which I've heard mixed reviews on. I know some people really like it. Some people really hate hate it. Uh, and beyond that, you know, it's a lot of, uh, operating system stuff, but I just, I get that as well. I don't have to, uh, you know, not enjoy the benefits of the latest Mac uh, operating system. So, yeah, what what I really so right now my my Lightning Note is running on a like old laptop that um, my wife used to use, uh, and I installed Ubuntu on it, and and I connected some extra hard drives for uh, you know that that redundancy. Um, but what I really want to do is build a a server rack and actually like install a a rack frame uh, in my closet um, in my in my new home in my new tiny home uh, and that way like I can get because one thing that has like the 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 workaround of Moore's law is just adding more processors and then adding processors that have like several different um, Oh, what's that called? Where like basically it'll be like one physical processor, but there's like sixteen, you know, uh, processors inside of it. Uh, so then your your computer can be uh, that much faster if the software is developed so that it can use processors in parallel. Um, which I think that I think that's the case with like C Lightning uh, because channels happen in their own processes. I don't know if LND has like multi-processor uh, capabilities. I'm I'm just not familiar enough with it and Go to to know. But yeah, that way, like, I want to get to like where I have like ten thousand or a hundred thousand channels open. <laughs> just want all that. Collect them all. Yeah, people are people are not complaining about me being centralized yet. So I want to address that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, people I saw are complaining someone, about Ellen Big. Someone was asking me recently, like, what was FUD and what wasn't about some like lightning criticism they saw. And one of them was just that they, like, it would be in someone's interest to just only open one channel with like a big hub. I guess it was just like the the common hub and spoke thing. And it's, yeah, I don't think that's 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 not how things have worked at all. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, you, you could argue that in the future because on-chain fees will be higher, um, you'll, it'll be too expensive to open multiple channels. So you'll end up opening, like, that's one, that's a plausible thing, but that's always, it's always with the caveat of in the future when, if I hold everything else the same, then this will be a problem. It's like, all right, but what about like channel factories or like whatever Right, exactly. There's all kinds of voodoo that we're not even aware of yet that uh, can can really change uh, the, the course of how these things play out. That, that's one of the frustrating aspects of, of criticisms of Lightning, where people will say, like, with current technology, this will not work in the future. It's like, okay, well, can we either compare current technology with current use cases or future technology with future use cases and future adoption? Like I, I don't like this projecting current technology out to future adoption. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, I want to uh, actually answer a question on today's Q and A episode. Um, 
every known UTXO will end up on the Lightning Network. Heard Pierre mention this and was wanting a deeper dive, if possible, uh, short slash medium slash long term for how we get there or however you want to play out the scenario, et cetera. That's from Matthew Ramsden. Um, so I, I myself have not uh, taken a deeper dive. <laughs> it was just a, uh, it was a controversial opinion that I wanted to put out there. Um, but basically, my, my idea around that is that like the, the current arguments against putting your Bitcoin on Lightning and essentially, you know, like opening channels with them um, have to do with software reliability of the, of the routing nodes. Like, you know, what, they're, they're all in beta, you know, like they're, they're all, they're, they're good enough to be on mainnet, but, you know, we still have like limits on how much you can put into channels uh, because there are still concerns about uh, software reliability and then also just the maturity of the Lightning Network itself. Um, but then there's also questions around like hot wallet uh, security. Uh, and so there, I think that something, so we need to have, we need to have uh, Lightning node software mature. We need to have the Lightning Network mature and grow and be more liquid and more stable. Um, we need to also have, uh, like, I know this is controversial, but a hardware wallet, the ability to automatically sign with the hardware wallet, which some people argue defeats the purpose of a hardware wallet entirely, but I don't think so, because I think that what it allows you to do is have an HSM, a hardware security module that is essentially removable from your computer um, and has better properties than just having your keys on disk on, on your computer. Uh, and so if we could have lightning, uh, you know, wallets that can detect that you, you plugged in a hardware wallet and then you say, okay, I approve the lightning wallet automatically signing things using the, the hardware wallet and, you know, kind of have like that tightly integrated where we can get into a situation where we have a lot of confidence in the stack and we're okay with putting arbitrarily large amounts of Bitcoin uh, onto Lightning because we know the hardware wallet, the hard, well, just the hardware wallet, but also the, the actual hardware of the computer. So there, like that, that gets a little hairy because, you know, people will talk about, oh, Intel processors are all backdoored by the NSA and all that stuff. But putting that aside, like, let's say that we have a pretty reliable hardware uh, com computing environment, um, then it, with the software and the hardware being reliable, now we've got the, the human operator is kind of the last uh, vulnerability of uh, you getting socially engineered into uh, accidentally sending Bitcoin to someone or, you know, something like that. Um, and I think that, you know, hopefully everyone's going to get scammed so badly that we all learn our lesson and we all uh, accept that Bitstein's heuristic of everyone is a scammer is correct. Um, and so then that addresses the human aspect of it. And now we can say, all right, it is, it is secure enough to put all of the Bitcoin on Lightning. Um, now, why would we do that? Like, what's the, we've addressed all of the, like, risks and costs of it. What are the benefits of it? And I think that the benefits of it are that 
you're essentially going to be routing payments for others. So there's the argument of like, well, you know, you're going to be getting passive income from routing fees, um, but also allowing your, your own self to be sending uh, Bitcoin and, and receiving Bitcoin for that matter. Um, and I think that the, the right now today, like there's no revenue from, from routing uh, payments because there's just no like payments velocity. But if, if we imagine Lightning replacing credit cards or replacing uh, checking accounts, um, there's going to be a lot more velocity. And I think that, you know, even if it's a very small percentage of, you know, a yield, uh, you know, what, what Nick Baccio calls the Lightning Network rate of return, um, then it's like, all right, well, it's a small amount, but there's very low cost and very low risk. So then it makes sense to just have it on, on lightning, you know, and um, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think that's where, where it'll end up. Um, and then the other aspect of it is that the, the cost of doing on-chain transactions will be so high that it's like, well, you want to um, be very opportunistic about when you incur those costs. So you want to incur those costs when on-chain fees are low. Um, and open up a bunch of channels, you know, pay one Satoshi per byte, even though like you might not, you, you might be thinking, well, I'm not going to spend these coins within the next five years. Like, All right. Well, why not put them on the lightning network so that when you do spend them, you have optionality. Like you, you don't have to pay the on-chain transaction fee because you've already locked in mm -hmm. that that opening transaction uh, cost, um, and you don't like. I, I kind of see it as, um, you know, in in finance, like they they talk about like options. Like you have the the right to do this, but you don't have the obligation to do it. Uh, and so, ha having an on, uh, ha sorry, having an off-chain channel open uh, gives you an option where you have the right to send Bitcoin without without paying the on-chain transaction fee in the future. Um, but you don't have the obligation to do it either. You could just leave the channel open and then you could actually make money and uh, have a yield while while you are maintaining keeping that option open. Um, so yeah, that's that's that's. I think that uh, I don't have anything else to add to that question. Well, a lot of that, I mean, there's you made a lot of very interesting points there uh, about you know, why people would actually want to have channels open. I would say I don't, I, I, I do disagree with the the especially controversial part of like every known UTXO uh, because there's always going to be a reason to have deep cold storage. Uh, maybe not the average consumer. It might be the average consumer is just kind of always on lightning. Um, because most of their day-to-day -day needs, um, most of their needs might just have to do with uh, having um, the ability to just, you know, go to the store, be able to pay for what they need, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, I, <laughs> as okay, you go... Hey, 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 Michael, 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 here's a thought. What if you had deep cold storage channels? Okay, so we agree to open a channel, uh, but... Somehow, you know, like we have it set up so that it's not the channel is going to be inactive uh, until we come back online and uh, take our channel out of deep cold storage and we put it back into a hot wallet. 
Well, and even then, if you're doing that, I mean, I guess you could technically have you. I mean, could you not just have? It's all just a contract, right? Yeah. So it's like you could put your keys into the cold storage, and then okay, here's where it gets weird. <laughs> you're making me. You're getting the noggin jogging. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm thinking back to, for instance, like uh, you know, Nick Zabo's shelling out, and he talks about how one of the like major early usages of um, sort of these these collectibles that effectively got monetized um, was in, um, for instance, like marriage contracts um, as a means to kind of bring two two tribes together in a in a peaceful manner. You have like this this economic exchange. So what if like the <laughs> the analog with that on Bitcoin is like you know you come together. Uh, as people and you you create that channel where it's like we're not necessarily trading anything right now it's just that we've we've our, our peace treaty is this channel that we've created between one another i like that a lot yeah so it's a bilateral agreements yeah and it's it, i i think that we'll see this you know in um in the central banking world they'll have like uh these big like and you know ron paul like audit the fed stuff we'll talk about this of like oh during the financial crisis like the federal reserve entered into an agreement with the european central bank where like they swapped their like big you know like 100 billion dollars worth of fiat currency between each other and you know where was the uh mandated approval blah 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 for this like i think we'll see the same thing between like very large exchanges for example um but also, yeah, individual holders who are or individual businesses uh, that uh, enter into uh, kind of long-term commercial arrangements where, uh, yeah, having a big channel is part of the, the agreement they have, the, the diplomacy. <laughs> and uh, Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you as a nation know that you're going to be, you know, doing a lot of business with another nation, then, yeah, you're going to want to find a way to create a channel of... I hate to use fiat denomination. Oh, well, I guess, you know, a hundred Bitcoins, which in the future would be an absurd <laughs> amount uh, to be opening a channel. I mean, even today it is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that this gets me thinking too about um, if you go read like a uh, history of like uh, financial systems and uh, monetary economics, like one of the controversies has always been, where does the government keep its money? And, like one of the ways that uh, presidents and politicians have like, well, especially presidents because the treasury department kind of reports to the president in the U S and one of the ways that they'll, they'll like uh, pay off their crony friends who got them elected is by depositing all of the federal government's money with their bank. And then they can go out and obviously do like fractional reserve banking with it. Um, and I, you know, the other, the more boring, uh, honest way would be for the government to be like, well, you know, we'll, we'll have our own bank where we keep our, our own uh, money and like we're not going to use some third party. But inevitably, like they do need to send a payment to someone. And so they do need to like interact with other banks. And so you get, you know, all sorts of, of uh, weird um, corruption and, and things that come out of that. Um, whereas like with, with Bitcoin and, and we've heard... Um, Chiefy, who actually we should talk about. I, I hope Chiefy's still uh, 
in Bitcoin, but he's, he's been so silent. Uh, he, he, he briefly showed back up on Twitter recently. Yeah, yeah. So and then disappeared again. Hopefully, as the price goes up, they'll come back. Um, the 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 um, you could have you know more transparency with government because now they have you know on chain transactions and you could have a multi sig and so like it improves the the custodial aspect of of money uh, versus gold or fiat um, that you know leads to corruption. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, cold storage of of lightning channels. Uh, I, I I don't know anything about it. I'm just throwing it out there as kind of like a, a bullshit reason why 100% of UTXOs. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be if, 100%. If but. if it's a if that's a real thing though, that is a that is a very interesting concept. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of ideas could develop around it. Um, yeah, it, it, it brings up interesting questions in my mind. For instance, about um, trust um, and kind of what Bitcoin actually solves. So like. You know, if you if you have like trust agreements with people, you know that you just like, um, you know, you kind of don't need money, and you like you kind of don't need money in, for instance, a society that has fewer than the Dunbar number, you know, one hundred fifty or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can kind of just keep track of like, oh well, I I owe you whatever because you gave me something. Uh, but as you grow, you have to be able to like money is almost just a way of dealing with the outgroup, um, and. Right. In our modern society, because and, and this is you know a good thing about modern society is we have a very large division of labor, and so in many ways, like most people are kind of in our out group. Like I don't really know, you know, McDonald's or whatever, but if I go to buy some burger patties, you know, I can I have money, so I can give them that, and they give me the burger, and we move on. Um, with this, like with Lightning, you kind of you you do kind of make some kind of binding thing, but it's. It's not in, it, it's in this sort of trust minimized way that you can always opt out of. Like as soon as you're like, you're yeah. done, you're done with the, done with your tab, you just walk away. Um, and so you can create these uh, sort of bilateral agreements that, that give you the benefits of having like this kind of trusted relationship of like, I know I'm going to like, cause you, you do have like this risk of like, am I going to actually have use for this channel as it's open um and you are you know locking bitcoins into that but as soon as like you feel that there's anything wrong you get to walk away and nothing about the uh units changes there's always the 21 million and that that uh remains the same and so I would imagine that, you know, like someone might even freak out at the notion of like, for instance, like a bunch of central banks dealing on some weird, like cold storage lightning network. And like you work your way up and everyone's part of this lightning thing, uh, uh, this whole web, you know, where where a central bank uh, of some sorts, and that could just be, you know, Trace Mara has his own central bank. Uh, and he he has lightning channels open with other banks and financial institutions and those percolate all the way down to like, there's just normal individuals that kind of work through them to connect to, you know, various merchants and they connect to other merchants, et cetera. You know, that, that almost has like a creepy vibe. It's like, okay, well, if you have that, how is that different from what's today? And it's like, well, cause underneath all that, there's 21 million and you yeah. always at any moment, anyone in that network can walk away and uh, solidify it on chain and say, I no longer trust you people that I've been kind of having this 
contract with, I'm stepping out and I still have this money that I can use uh, to to engage in in the global economy. So, like, I, I you know, I, I think that one of the challenges when when t- making metaphors to fiat central banks is that, like, let's let's tease apart, let's let's separate two two things two functions of a central bank mm-hmm. one being like the the money creation aspect of it and then the other being the um kind of the the supreme court or the final determinant of who owns what money so mm-hmm. like and the the um so like the federal reserve could just decide that like this this bank no longer has these bank reserves and you know, they're, we're seizing them in their hours. Um, and so, like, the who owns what money aspect of it, like, to me is almost, it's that's what a full node is as well, except that it's it's decentralized, right? So yes. then, yeah. like, like, when when I say that, like, everyone is their own central bank, like, what I mean by that is that, thus, there is no central bank because it's decentralized, because everyone is their own central bank. So it's like... It's kind of a paradox of like everyone's sovereign, which is why no, you know, single person is sovereign over other people because Mm -hmm. they're sovereign over themselves. So um, people get upset when I'm like, oh, yeah, Bitcoin lets you be your own central bank. And they're like, well, you can't issue your own Bitcoins. It's like, I understand that. That's not the part of the I I don't want anyone to be that kind of central bank. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to be the arbiter of my money. But also you could argue that. No, your your full node is issuing bitcoins to the miner whose proof of work that you verified determined that they had a valid block that you added to your blockchain. That's like, a yeah. Although although at the same time, like uh, I mean, that is true until twenty one forty. Well, and and then right, and then your your your. But uh, yes, I, I get your point. And that is that is true. That like by running a node, you are playing a part in the the issuance um the issuance of bitcoin like yeah. mining only is able to issue bitcoin because they you know find the block that the nodes want right um so, this is yeah. a this is a thing i see often too those you know i'll see people say something about you know oh well you know in the future bitcoin is just going to be the hands of a few you know handful of institutions or whatever you know large institutions like well who are those institutions like like, we, like it's almost as it, people use that, and I think the the connotation is that it's going to be, uh, you know, whoever's in charge now. We'll call them the the oligopoly of today. You know, the J.P. Morgan Chase, et cetera, et cetera. But in the future, if you have a Bitcoin world, like you know, J.P. Morgan's only going to be get, be able to get their hands on so many bitcoins. They literally can't just like eat up. All the bitcoins. They're certainly not getting my bitcoins um, unless they offer me incredible services. Um, but uh, you know, so so with that in mind, you know, well, my node is going to be one of those so-called large institutions, where large means you know some some you know threshold. We're going to go. I mean, I I have a node, so it doesn't like it doesn't even matter if you have a node and you have more than one or more than zero satoshis you are going to be one of those large institutions. Yeah, it's, it's funny because people are, are complaining about this hypothetical future today when 
you know, if you go out and spend four grand on buying one whole Bitcoin, like you're easily now going to be one of those large institutions. Like that's that's 100 million Satoshis. Like that's that's a lot. That's a lot of a uh, lot of coin under your belt. Um, and so it's it, and I'm sorry, but like if you live in the U.S., I, I understand that there are people who are in difficult financial situations. Um, but four thousand dollars is like much less than what most people spend on their car. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's not like, we're not talking about astronomical sums of money here. Um, and if you, if you put aside, you know, a hundred bucks every week or whatever it is, um, or actually here, let me make this pitch. If you go and teach yourself how to code and you upskill and you, you know, get a higher salary, uh, you go listen to Jocko, you start learning how to take extreme ownership, you get into a leadership position, you get a higher salary. Well, now, you instead of you going on Twitter and complaining about oligopolies on Lightning Network all day long, and instead you go out and make some more money uh, so you can buy some more Bitcoin, and now you can have your, your own uh, Lightning routing node, um, I think that's probably a better way to go about with dealing with the future. Yeah, I think uh, this this... It mirrors uh, a lot of what uh, Stefan Kinsella used to talk about with uh, libertarians. You'd call them losertarians. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, I mean, his his particular threshold was like fifty thousand dollars. So if you're making less than that, you're a losertarian. And his point, I mean, that's that's obviously some people might find that extreme or whatever. And I, you know, I don't know if that's the the correct threshold to be looking at, but. Maybe it should be 50,000 Satoshis a year. Let's... <laughs> I mean, the underlying point, though, is very important, which is that like, if you, uh, if you believe you have uh, some good knowledge about how the world operates, you should be capitalizing on it. Well, right. And is that not the whole point of, of Bitcoin? Is that like the reason that we're interested in Bitcoin and not so interested in participating in the political process to effect, you know, monetary reform uh, is because, like, we want to have agency and we want to be able to just do it ourselves and and route around the problem. So, like, now, maybe I'm making an argument for why people who who think that Bitcoin's scaling approach is bad uh, should focus on creating an altcoin and uh, routing around that rather than, uh, you know, trying to make more money and uh, capitalizing on the, the situation. But... In any case, um, seize the day and, 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 and go, go do your thing instead. Um, so, I've, yeah, I've, I've got a, a question here. Um, is the ability to ARB to main chain is key for Lightning Network? Is it possible for small actors with less fun to lose the ability to ARB? So this is an area which I, I've been thinking about a lot and I want to do more research on. And I actually, I wanted to... Um, talked with you about this because I, you know, you, you've worked on creating like reg test environment, uh, for, uh, Bitcoin and lightning. And something that has been on my mind a lot is this issue of the channel reserve balance, which is the, like, as, uh, so if we open a channel with each other of 500,000 Satoshis and, um, the on-chain fees go up from one Satoshi per byte to, 100 Satoshis per byte, 
the channel reserve balance we have on uh, our channel uh, is also going to automatically increase. And basically our nodes, are, like my node is saying, okay, on-chain fees are going up. Hey, Michael, do you, are you, do you agree that we should increase the channel reserve balance? And then there's like this automatic negotiation that happens between our nodes. Um, and that means that like, first of all, well, the reason we have to do this is because then if we end up having to force close the channel because one of us is offline or there's a dispute about what the last state of the channel is and like, you know, we're, we're in the punishment model of closing this channel, we got to have um, funds set aside uh, to pay for the transaction fee that closes the channel, whether it's cooperative or a force close. Um, and like that means that the your peer could be an asshole and essentially like you could open a channel at one satoshi per byte and then we have an on-chain transaction fee spike where it goes up really high and the channel reserve balance goes up a lot and your peer force closes the channel and now you have to go and pay that that big fee um when really what you wanted to do is wait for on-chain fees to go back down and then we close the channel uh, so that we, we minimize how much we pay in fees. Um, or, you know, we never close the channel, which is even better. <laughs> um, as long as that's, you know, a useful channel that people are routing payments over. Um, and, like, I was thinking a few things. First of all, one of the problems is if, if, if your peer is malicious and is, like, deliberately doing this to you and, like, uh, you know, costing you a lot in, in transaction fees. So, like, there, like, Okay, that, that might be a problem. I think that the bigger problem is, like, what if we open a channel with each other and I want to have more trust in that channel and say, all right, we're not going to aggressively increase the reserve balance. We're going to increase it a little bit just so that we don't end up in a bad situation. Or what if we don't increase it at all and I'm okay with doing RBF later if we have to uh, and uh, increasing the fee after the fact because I, I know who that other node is and I know they're not going to try to cheat me. Um, or if they do, I know that it's unintentional and that they will make me whole, uh, you know, out of band, out, outside of the Lightning Network. Um, that way, we, we don't end up having to put in an increasing amount of capacity into the channel reserve balance. Uh, and we can keep that channel, you know, maximized for routing payments in one direction or the other. Um, but anyway, that's uh, all that to say that, uh, yeah, I am concerned about um, s smaller, uh, small actors. But really, here's the thing is that, like, when you say small actors, like, to me, a small actor would be someone with less than $100 uh, to put into a Lightning channel today. Um, which, yes, I understand that the, that $100 can be a big chunk of change for a lot of people, uh, but at the same time, like, maybe it's too early for you if uh, $100 is... Because, like, if you lose that $100, because let's keep in mind we're, all this is reckless and, like, you, you could hypothetically lose that $100, um, maybe use Lightning on Testnet today or, uh, you know, try to read about it a lot before you use it or 
try to make more money so that $100 is not a big deal to you. Um, because, yeah, right now it's, it's kind of uh, risky to put $100 on Lightning. And I also don't know that it's, it's like economically sound to put less than $100 uh, if you're planning on keeping this channel open for a very long time. I don't have as many thoughts on this. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, the, I, don't, I don't spend as much time in the the lightning world, so I don't end up in as much I, uh, deep thought about it. <laughs> well, I I think that it it's like uh, too early for 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 most people to like to 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 be thinking too much about this. But at the same time, like we have to flesh this stuff out before before there's urgency to it because on-chain fees are going up a lot and right. now, you know, people are, are getting into problems with it. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's, let's dig up another question on the uh, Google sheet. Some of these questions are like, can, can you submit your podcast to Spotify? Uh, I've tried doing that, I think. And it, it I got stuck, so maybe I need to do that again and try again. Yeah, some of these, they they have specific requirements with the RSS feed, and because we use SoundCloud, it has issues uh, moving over to that. So that's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, here's another interesting question about Tor. Uh, and so the question from MF Hoddle is pros and cons of running your node over both Tor and VPN when node launcher or Tor. Uh, so we like, answered this in a po past podcast. Oh, we did? Yeah. Okay. Well, refer to the past episode. <laughs> I don't remember uh, which one it was. Uh, it was one of the Q&As. It was probably, I think, episode 42, likely. I've, I've, I've heard mixed... Um, so I, on, on initial block download with Tor, I've heard people say that, like, don't do it over Tor, and then I've heard other people say, like, oh, no, it's fine over Tor. So anyway, if, if you have thoughts on that specifically. Uh, that do I don't. Um, yeah. I, I meant listeners. Oh, okay. But yeah. you too. You, you as well. I, I, as I do well. wonder uh, how, how good it is. Like, if you, if you happen to have fiber, uh, if it really makes a big difference. I, I saw someone recently, they said they did initial block download over fiber in, like, five hours. Yeah. It's good like, stuff. It's great stuff. Um, all right, so something I did want to talk about was uh, Vitalik. Uh, he, so Elon Musk, um, you might know Elon Musk from such things as Tesla or SpaceX. Or um, PayPal. <laughs> or PayPal. Um, or uh, trolling on Twitter. Um, and he tweeted out uh, Ethereum, just, you know, one word, Ethereum, which uh, is, you know... At some point, when you have enough money, you can just use Twitter this way, where you just tweet out one word, and you'll see people like Kanye do this. You know, like uh, it's 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 kind of a power move. Maybe you know, Michael. Maybe it's kind of like the um, what's that method where you, you think about being rich and then you become rich? Oh, you mean like affirmations? Yeah, like maybe if you tweet like a billionaire, you become a billionaire. So like. If we started tweeting just out, start tweeting random words. Yeah, like you could just you could just tweet out like steak, and then you could get like a thousand retweets. Um, anyway, just just some Twitter strategy thoughts there. Uh, that way you can you can take your thought leadership to the next level. 
Um, Wasn't there a, I feel like I'm trying to run through my memory of random pop culture things. I feel like I'm remembering there was like a family guy thing once where he's just like having to stand in front of a crowd and there's just some word. I don't remember what the word was, (laughs) but he just says the word and everyone cheers. It's like, that's the, that's the level of Twitter I need to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Elon has reached it. God bless you, Elon. Well, yeah, he got 8,000 retweets on this and 90,000 likes. So that's pretty impressive. Now, unfortunately, I'm not sure that it did it cause Ethereum to pump. Not really. I'm looking at the price. Um, so I'm sorry, guys. But what it did cause is an interesting uh, conversation. So Vitalik replied, uh, you should come to our DevCon in October, which I don't know. Maybe that's like a, is that like a, a dance party? I think that's what those things usually are where yeah, they get they on stage some, and they, they dance. They do some rapping as well. They do it's rapping. It's a music yeah. festival. Music festival. So yeah, maybe Elon would enjoy doing that. Um, yeah, Grimes could perform. Yeah. Uh, but Elon asked, actually, his response was more serious. He asked, what should be developed on Ethereum? Um which is interesting because now Elon is like emerging as uh, the, the, the Ethereum ecosystem's response to Jack Dorsey's interest in, in Bitcoin and Lightning. So uh, we have a battle of the billionaires uh, between the two. And I saw, I saw one uh, Ethereum fanboy tweeted out like, oh, Bitcoin can have Jack. Like, we don't care about Jack. Uh, we, we have uh, Elon Musk. And um, Tur uh, reply to this might not age well, uh, and I think I, I think the tour is referring to uh, ongoing concerns around the financial viability of Tesla uh, and whether that's going to become unraveled or not. Like, and it's it's funny. Like, I I myself don't understand why there's so there's like a lot of debate among uh, stock market equity analysts. Is Tesla like a total fraud or is it like going to go up a lot? Like, I don't understand why there's, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a stock analyst myself, but I feel like they should be able to figure out what the truth is rather well, you know, like based on the publicly disclosed information, like, okay, no, Tesla's shipping a lot of cars and here's the profit margin and here's why they're going to be a big company or vice versa. But anyway, um, yeah, so maybe maybe Elon Musk will turn out to be the next Theranos, or uh, or not, or he'll be the next Henry Ford. I... <laughs> Did anyone have a good answer to what should be developed? Okay, so yeah, that's but... also by the way. I mean, I'm not saying that Elon. I don't know what Elon's positions on any of this stuff is are or whatever. But like yeah. for me, I would totally just say that as a neg. Yeah. <laughs> So please, what should I develop on Ethereum? <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, after that long sidetrack about Tesla. Um, so yeah, what should be developed on Ethereum? Vitalik replies uh, with a, a number of different um, uh, things that should be developed on, on Ethereum. So let's go through this list because I, I found it comical when I was reading this. I was like, anyway, all right, let's, let's get into it. Um, my top picks. One, a globally accessible financial system. So, like, already, like, uh, that's, you know, financial system is super vague. When I think about a financial system, I think about 
the intermediation between people who are looking to invest uh, and then on the other side, uh, people who have, you know, projects like that they they need capital to to you know make those projects happen so that they can you know, deliver consumer goods and, and for, for a profit you know like engage in the structure of production um but uh apparently uh that's a very narrow view of what a financial system is and we need to like you know think galaxy brain here. <laughs> um where a, a financial system includes payments and store of value which Which, to me that's not really part of financial intermediation per se um no that's like like what finance is built on right like to me like the layers are like money is kind of the base layer and then on top of that you have payments and then on top of that you have financial intermediation because uh financial intermediation is just uh one particular form of payments where okay the saver you know, accumulates Bitcoins and then pays those Bitcoins to the financial intermediary. And then the financial intermediary pays those Bitcoins to the entrepreneur Mm -hmm. who then pays those Bitcoins to the suppliers, you know, the construction guy, uh, the, 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 the inputs to the production process. Uh, and then he receives payments from, Consumers of you know the outputs of the production process, which hopefully uh, is is greater than the payments he paid out, and so he makes a profit. Um, but all of these are, are payments that, frankly, like that they, they they are you know they're used by the financial system, but they're not part of the financial system per se. Uh, like like loans are, or like equity uh, stocks are, you know, like. Uh, financial instruments which represent claims on assets or or claims on a corporation anyway maybe i'm autistic maybe that's my problem <laughs> maybe maybe i've done too much financial accounting in my life and now i i attach too much uh, I think concrete meaning words there's, there's actually there's a there's a great uh guido holzman lecture on finance in a free market and how in many ways, there in, in how in, how in some ways in a free market, the financial system would be smaller, and in other ways, how it'd be bigger than it currently is today. Um, but like you know, in order to do any of that kind of analysis, you do need to have proper you definitions know, of work. models of what these things are in the first place. But I mean, I'm I'm looking at it now, and like this is this is just the beginning. So I think we should move on to get to the, yeah, the I, Michael. I can't get through like one phrase of this without. <laughs> Tripping out on it. Uh, all right. So including payments, store of value, which, all right, I'm, I'm sorry, Vitalik, but. This is after bashing like Bitcoin. Yeah. Store of value or something. But haven't we gone through this meme before? Like it wasn't payments a huge meme in like 2013 and 2014. And haven't we kind of like beaten that dead horse? And now we have like a pretty sophisticated uh, and nuanced view of like, look, payments is not the killer app for these crypto systems. We have to find other use. Like, I thought we'd move beyond this and that, like, we, we had a more refined, like... Ethereum is more about bringing in everything in the kitchen sink. It's yeah. like, let's get, let's get every dead horse onto the Ethereum network. Um, yeah, and then, like, uh, store value, like, don't even get me started on that. Yeah. that. The second one, uh, identity, sign in with Facebook. Could be sign in with an Ethereum account, no intermediaries, also web of trust. 
Well, hold on, in Michael. Reality. You, skipped, you skipped also more advanced stuff like insurance, which is really like, I don't know why. And then he shills Hurricane Guard, which I, I don't know. All right, first of all, their website doesn't have HTTPS, which is interesting for a crypto company. Um, I'm seeing here it's it's not secure. Uh, su super fast relief for hurricane disasters. Uh, sign, well, sign up. You can join. Oh, it's just a, joining a wait list uh, through a Google it's 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 something that uh, okay i uh, i'm gonna get angry over this is this an ico <laughs> uh i don't even i don't i don't know i mean i i'd have to look i'm curious as to join the team tells takes you to a demo? a google form i i really don't know why vitalik was chilling this in response to elon <laughs> does he maybe he knows the founders or uh there's no yeah, I, yeah. Hey, please, yeah. everyone, do not use HurricaneGuard.io. It's asking for registrant information, not over HTTPS, um, including your address. Oh my goodness! Is, oh my god! Uh, Is this a phishing website? <laughs> <laughs> Just collecting names of people who are dumb enough to uh, I, do that. I'm really puzzled why, <laughs> of all of the links that Vitalik could have dropped in his response to you know a really high profile person he dropped this which is like i what do you I, i'm speechless i don't know what to make of this is vitalik a real big dum-dum <laughs> well it's also just i there I, I don't even see a a quick explanation of just how uh how this actually operates and how this needs Ethereum, and like what the point of any of this is. It's because, just like, it's just making up that, oh, like hurricane insurance, and you know, yeah, so give us Ethereum, and there'll be like a premium, and then payouts. And if magically we get the data that tells us that we pay you out, we do it. It's, uh, there, there's no, there's nothing here. Because if, if I'm Elon Musk, and I'm, I asked this question, and in the first bullet point, I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay, yeah. this must be like the most, this must be the most fleshed out, most well thought through thing in the Ethereum ecosystem right now. Let me click on this link, and then I start reading this and poking around. Like he must think that they're they're okay. totally inconstant morons. So I did. There, there was a link that says they have a a new website slash brand that you can visit, and I go to that. It has HTTPS for what it's worth. Okay. Wow. Um, Nice. And I think mm, it's still, oh, they have code. Don't take our word for it. Check out our code. Um, yeah, I guess they're, they're, they're imagining some sort of like network where you, you use, a, like people are tracking the, the weather and they input data into this network. And based on, on that, you can get a payout for it. Okay. You know, so I guess you're just betting on when there will be wind or something. Um, but so the other thing is that, like, I feel like Elon Musk's question is about things that do not currently exist. And so if your response of, like, what should be developed on Ethereum is, like, payments, it's like, well, all right, so payments doesn't exist on Ethereum? Like, how long has this been around for? What Do you not have BTC Pay Server? 
yeah, the team also, there's nothing about, like, it just has first names and drawings. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I guess that's fine if they're trying to be anonymous or something. Or hey, sorry, but even Satoshi included his last name. So put some effort <laughs> into your pseudonym. Um, yeah, so anyway, I want to move on. There's like identity. <laughs> Imagining like signing in with an Ethereum account, no inter intermediaries, also web of trust. Isn't this basically kind of what MetaMask is? Well, I'm, I mean, I might but just also be making that the, up. the identity meme has been around for a very long time. Like that, that was one of the first altcoins uh, was Namecoin. Name coin. Uh, and then we had um, one name from the block stack. Uh, well, that was people. built on Namecoin. Built on Namecoin. So like, and then they tried to do it in a sort of Bitcoin-based way. But yeah. And then you, you had Bitcoin's uh, web of trust thing too that he mentions, uh, you know, also web of trust. So like these memes have been around for at least half a decade, you know. But also like cryptographic identity has been, you know, talked about for even longer than than. You know, yeah, Bitcoin I mean, P, been that's what PGP is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of these things, like you don't need Ethereum to be thinking about them. And I, I actually don't see how Ethereum uh, improves thought in these areas or implementation. Oh, and well, OK, so here's my argument for why you do need Ethereum for them. It's so that you have the network effects, you know, to, to, to deploy all this technology and to create identities. Um, because the network effects are coming out of, you know, the people making a shit ton of money off of Ethereum. Now, I would argue that we can have the same thing with Lightning uh, and people's pub keys and their nodes and signing in with Lightning your, with your pub keys. So I know I've discussed this on previous podcasts. So I just want to point out that, like, we could also build this on top of, of Bitcoin mm -hmm. if we want to start, like, building out meme narrative uh, software, which um, I feel like... I'm not, I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately of like, I would rather work on partially signed Bitcoin transactions and hardware wallet in integration and like d digging in really deep into that so that like we get really good like coin selection and like all this stuff rather than me like thinking about identity and like signing, you know, like there's very like base level low hanging fruit that we need to work on really hard uh, before moving on to this stuff. Yeah. Oh God, I'm looking ahead and I'm okay. Just, let's I'm let's, pain. let's keep pain. going so that we're not here all day. Uh, yeah. So the number two, uh, I'll let you read this one. Oh sure. All sorts of registries should publish on chain for security and easy verifiability. <laughs> see my thread on this. I'm not going to see the thread on this because I don't want to read a whole thread on on the podcast. Uh, but I'm going to assume that well, we already have all kinds of notary stuff that you can do via like open timestamps and all that. I I don't understand what it. So, well, this is another, his, his, I, I'm reading here the first sentence in his thread. Time for a brief tweet storm on non-financial applications of blockchains. I feel like that's also always been like a narrative uh, that's gone back a while of like. It's also 16 tweets, so I don't know how yeah. that is. <laughs> let's, let's find a non, you know, Bitcoin is great, but let's find non-money use cases for blockchain technology, which is like, all right. Why, why, I think that. There's this gets into like Ludwig von Mises, the anti-capitalist mindset mm -hmm. of mentality or whatever, where people find financial and monetary applications of technology to be kind of crass and mm. like, yeah, uh, yeah. Ugh, you know, money, uh, like, oh, 
I, I let's look at other uh, uh, other you know insurance is kind of okay, but then medical records or or refugees on the blockchain. Now we're now we're cooking. Like now that's interesting because now we're humanitarians and we're really good people. Yeah, despite all of the like kind of horrifying implications of just <laughs> tracking people. Uh, but you know, yeah. Now we're treating people like cattle. This yeah, is humanitarian for sure. Um, this one's I, I I just see the names here. So like experimenting with new forms of human organizational structure, e.g., Moloch DAO. Which those are like two things I, I I wouldn't want like I don't want to see either of them, and I certainly don't want to see them together. Like I'm I, I get Moloch is a is a reference to an essay by. Uh, uh, Scott Alexander of, of Slate Star Codex, which is a blog that's very popular among um, sort of that co cohort. Uh, but it's still also like Moloch is not exactly the most, uh, you know, pleasant, pleasant organizational structure you'd want to submit to. And the DAO has a certain history. Um, but this one is my favorite that I've seen yeah. so far, this next one. All sorts of micropayment use cases via payment channels. <laughs> so... We've had this like barrage of of criticism that first, oh, uh, Bitcoin can't scale. Um, things like Ethereum can, and people can just pay on chain on Ethereum or Bitcoin Cash or Litecoin or whatever else. Uh, Which, let, let's add here that Vitalik is a Bitcoin Cash fan, and he has been, you know, not shy about that. Yeah. Uh, so, and then on top of that, okay. So it's like, okay, well, you know, Bitcoiners like, okay, well, we're going to make lightning channel because payment channels have been an idea for a long time. And, you know, I think we've talked on here before about sort of the, the evolution of how lightning network came to be as an idea. Um, kind of when you look at the, the grand, uh, story of Bitcoin history. Uh, but then, you know, Bitcoiners thought that out, but it's still like, oh, but you can't do it on chain. And now it's like, oh, well, you can't do micropayments apparently on Ethereum alone. You also need payment channels. So it's like everyone is just admitting that Bitcoin is, is thinking about these things the right way the entire time. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> it's just Yeah, and then the, the other thing, though, is that like, I, I thought that we had discussed, you know, in the crypto community that like, Micropayments are a little overhyped. That too. The, yeah, everyone should go read Nick Zaba's paper on that, um, which I, I think is is very very like correct. So I, I really feel like the Vitalik is is fulfilling the role of a hype man rather than the role of someone who's actually like seriously trying to bring this technology to the betterment of humanity, but. Um, well, he's now moved on to political theorist. That's his new thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Let's let's go to the next one because this part is really great. Uh, markets for personal data, for privacy preserving machine learning. You pay me X. I let you homomorphically execute function Y on my data. That's been uh, attested to by Z. So, like. This this doesn't need Ethereum at all, if I'm reading this correctly. Can't you just have computers? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like you you. I, I don't understand why AWS wouldn't couldn't implement this as oh, so well. Much better. 
and it's homomorphically uh, encrypted. Yeah, actually, so this this would make more sense to me if it was not homomorphically encrypted. But well, then actually, it would be weird would it, to have. It would, yeah, so then it would be public. I, I don't so know. I, run I, it on yourself because it's not like Ethereum can like run you know massive data sets and you know computation and uh, uh, intensive you know functions or whatever. It, it like it's actually a really crappy computer. Uh, so here, here's an interesting thought, Michael. What if you're essentially um, you you are crowdsourcing computational power, and so you're because of the homomorphic encryption, you're okay with doing that, and then you're you're paying for people's CPU time with micropayments, uh, and you know you you could be using whether it's Lightning or Ethereum state channels or whatever. But, um, but that would just be for the payment side of this. Right. So then so it's this, like, this is going back, you know, yeah. this is something that I picked up from, you know, you know, I worked at, at, at 21 where there was, you know, there was this big idea of trying to think through uh, micro payments and sort of grid computing type stuff. And a conclusion that I came to from seeing some of the, the, you know, sort of little projects that were put out, one of them actually, you know, go back to the hurricane thing. It was, for instance, if you have next to your device, you have some uh, weather, uh, uh, measuring devices, you know, a barometer or whatever else, um, someone could pay you, like, you know, ping you with some money uh, to send back that data. However, if you want to be able to manage, like, you know, say there's a thousand of those, you know, you have to, like, you're going to have someone who kind of manages uh, knowing what data is even valid because otherwise you're just going to get, you know, DDoSed with, you know, fake data about, um, uh, about, about about the world, DDoS or Sybil or you know all the, all these different problems. Like you're just like you you have no means of actually determining what is valid data. So it's going to kind of converge on a centralized entity being that gateway for it, uh, which you can still have it decentralized in the sense that anyone can like sign up. I mean, it's not even a good word to use. Like that's not even a good yeah. spectrum in this case. But you know, anyone can sign up and they can they can. Uh, abide by the rules and agree to use specific hardware and the the centralized entity would have a means of determining you know kind of cleaning like looking at data and knowing if it's kosher or not uh but it's still going to be the case and like what i got from all of that is basically like you know a lot of this stuff you're, you're going to need centralized computation um even if you you <laughs> shard it out to other people um but you can still use, uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin for the payment side of things. You right. Know, just kind of, you know, incentivize the different people that are that are working uh, within this within this entity. Um, so now, yeah. the the next one is even more relevant to your experience because the, I mean, the, this one do, this one's do we like have to go relevant. in circles? Like, I feel like Bitcoin is all about going in circles. Okay, like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to tell a story about okay. my brilliant idea for this. Okay. Because I think this is a great idea. This is a great idea. Crypto economics for spam prevention in social networks. Hmm. So here's what I'm thinking, Pierre. Bear with me. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is that there's, there's a thing called a trapdoor function, like such like a hash function. And with a hash function... Um, you can you can put in an input and it has a deterministic output. Um, and it's very easy to compute one way, 
but it's not easy to compute the other way. So for instance, a really you know popular example is SHA-256. And with SHA-256, um, you, know, you change a single bit and it's going to have a completely different random thing. So if I send you a file and, and uh, I send you a SHA-256 hash and you get the file and you put it in um, and it's the correct hash, then you have uh, you have a uh, you know, pretty good idea that you got exactly the file uh, that you think you have. Now, what's interesting about that is because it's effectively random, as far as we know, um, because of you know, various mathematical properties, any amount, like, the, the, like if, if the uh, output matches a certain criteria, you, you can actually have a sense that a certain amount of computation was needed uh, to go into that. So here's my idea. What you do is uh, if you want to send someone an email, you actually attach a, a hash function or like a, like a, a hash um, that can be you know, proven with this you know, input or whatever, such that you can show that like, hey, my computer had to spend five seconds working on this. Because if you have to spend five seconds to send, you know, uh, uh, an email, you're not going to be able to spam millions of people. So you can prove that. And it's like, if that ends up in my inbox, then, you know, okay, someone probably really actually wanted to message me. This is probably legit. Let me give it an open. But it gets more interesting because what if you take that hash function and you actually turn that into a money? Mm. And so like that, that stamp, it's a, think, of, think of stamps um, this is how you do it. So you think of stamps as, as something that people collect and they become collectibles. And if they're rare enough, people can value them enough. And if they're, you know, costly to reproduce, they can easily become what we know as money. And so my thought is that if you have a system where people are setting up computers where they have to put in extraordinary amounts of energy to produce these stamps and it becomes more and more difficult over time those stamps can actually uh be transacted to one another you can pass it around and you can have a whole chain of those transactions to verify who owns the stamp and now that you have the money you can actually just attach that to uh the message you send um because uh you 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 you've you've just you know you you've stored that stamp away over time. You actually get to you actually get to store that energy through time and make use of it later. Um, and I think there's really interesting consequences of like a whole new economy that you could build around uh, this thing. I don't know. So I, I think that Adam Beck has paused the podcast, uh, found a hammer, and is smashing his phone right now. <laughs> Um, it's just an but, idea. I don't know. I don't know. But Michael, I didn't hear you use the word crypto economics once. <laughs> so I think that your idea is just not as good as Vitalik's. It's not. It's not. I need more buzzwords. My problem is that uh, I spend too much time um, basing my knowledge around uh, a theory that's been developed for hundreds of years in the case of economics and decades um, when it comes to uh, cryptography, and I'm I'm very much on the side of of choosing older ideas that have stood the test of time, 
And so it ends yeah, up just being simple stuff like hashes and, Michael, you know, why do that when you can come up with new ideas that are bad? <laughs> that way you're original. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to make ICOs on old stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, old ideas that are good, that's, that's fine. But everyone's heard them already. Yeah, you um, can't. You can't come at them with a new angle and get them to throw money at it. Yeah, yeah. All right, Vitalik, uh, you win. Vitalik wins once again. Um, okay, now the next one is just even better. I, I haven't heard this idea before, by the way. Ever. <laughs> Ever in my almost seven years in the Bitcoin space, I've not heard this next next idea. Yeah, it's it's very unusual because, you know, we always say that, oh, every idea has been discussed in some old Bitcoin talk thread and you know, there's not really any new ideas, but this one is is actually completely original, and it's very impressive that Vitalik came up with this. Um, all right, here it goes. Now we're repeating the word here, but it begs being repeated. Crypto economics slash micropayment schemes to reward publishers of good content. Whoa! <laughs> Mind uh -huh. blown. Uh -huh. Galaxy brain. So you know how like today you go on Reddit and you upvote things, but the every votes. The problem is that you can't feed your cat with those upvotes. You have to go and actually make money to feed your cats. But what if those upvotes were money, dude? Dude, then you could feed your cats all day long, and. You could do it from the comfort of your Reddit account. This is this is this is the future. This is the future. So uh, I'm I, glad I, I, that I really Vitalik need an brought episode. I really need yeah. an episode of Joe Rogan, where it's Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, and Vitalik all smoking <laughs> pot this time. <laughs> uh, oh man! All right. So I mean. Obviously, this has been beaten to death, but um, okay, let's just go to the next one. <laughs> Testing ground <laughs> for new market designs, e.g. frequent batch auctions, combinatorial auctions, automated market makers. Um, so like decentralized exchanges. Like, Here's what bothers me about these decentralized exchanges. Uniformly, they are all about trading one shitcoin for another shitcoin. Right, as opposed to as opposed to trading money for useful goods and services. Right. So I would be interested in a decentralized exchange that's like, oh, okay, here here's here's one that I like. Let's say people want to talk with Pierre and they want to talk with Pierre, you know, about um any any sort of topic. So I go out and I do an ICO where each token represents the right to talk with me for 30 minutes. And then there's a secondary market for these tokens. And so like someone can outbid you, you know, that, and so it's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's a way of making it so that now I, now I know what these tokens are trading for in the secondary market. So when I issue more time, I can price it correctly. And mm -hmm. this, this gets to like the problem of like ticket scalpers for events. And so the reason you have ticket scalpers is because you don't have a price discovery mechanism when you are initially selling the scarce good uh, up front. And so then if you have a secondary market for it, now you can price you know, additional rounds of uh, selling the scarce good 
more efficiently and closer to the the value that's being uh, you know determined or the price that's being determined by the marketplace. So like that kind of where the the secondary market is decentralized uh, would be pretty interesting. Um, and mm-hmm. you know because the the token that is being represented here is an actual you know like gift card essentially. Uh, right. It's something to note here is that when you're doing that, the the good itself is still like you don't try to pretend that's decentralized. Like right, your time. You, you like, as Pierre, are still the ultimate arbiter of your time, regardless of what token someone shows up at. Now, if you did not honor the use of the token, then it would it would crash the price of the token because people yeah, would or if I got hit by a bus, right? Like the the price would crash to zero. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that this token represents a a generic 30 minutes of anyone's time, which then like you right. can pile on arbitrary amounts of complexity, where like now it's it's a useless token. This is actually why I think you know things like liquid are so interesting, um, and at least you know, you know ha- have have some potential is because it 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 allows this idea of a a market for some kind of token without assuming that the token itself is some decentralized scam coin. Right, and now like to me, like where it becomes a scam is if I start calling this Pierre coin. And I try to make it into like being a medium of exchange that, due to its liquidity, has a monetary premium. And then I can, you know, issue more Pierre coins to yeah. benefit from the seniorage and then default on the 30 minutes that I owe people. <laughs> That's where we turn it into a scam. But a priori, it's not a scam to, to be, you know, selling a. a right. Or, people, or, people should yeah. be honest about the nature of the good they sell. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Stickers. All this to say that, yeah, yeah, stickers. The, the next, one's, next one is uh, stickers and badges uh, because CryptoKitties is the is the future. Um, and once again, I, I actually don't see how this is different than the stamps that I was explaining. Like that's, Well, how does Elon not read that and go like, what the fuck are they talking about? I don't remember who it was that pointed it out, but CryptoKitties is effectively like one coin. You're, you're making a new shit coin, but there's only one of it. <laughs> yeah, non-fungible <laughs> tokens is how they call them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, you just have yeah. like but I also yeah. like the the purpose of digital collectives just seems it, it's certainly a sign of the times where people just want to collect uh fake pictures of of kittens rather than real life wealth. <laughs> well, bitcoiners have real life stickers, you know, that we put on our on our laptops yeah. and on our uh, full nodes, you know, those are real stickers. Uh, those aren't just uh, digital stickers. There's a there's a division of labor involved in them, and uh, but but I think but do you, you get my point? Maybe I'm maybe I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's just no, sort but of like, it's it's, it's like a it's a it's a um uh, what's it called a uh, hyper reality where yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. hyper realism it's, yeah it's. it's like, well, well, too bad Baudrillard is not alive for this age of cryptocurrency. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and shit on him right now. Anyone can just read Baudrillard and then just apply it to other things. I don't think that, like, you basically need a 10th grade, you know, literature class uh, to, to just go and write essays about how Baudrillard applies to X, Y, and Z, uh, because... And and people get you know PhDs in in English literature f- for doing this, uh, where uh, or sociology or whatever it is, um, philosophy. Uh, but I, I think it's kind of trivial. It's funny, like 
I was talking with um, a good friend, friend of ours from Austin, uh, who unfortunately has run into legal troubles, uh, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. And we were walking around Austin, like, and he was making remarks about like what people were wearing and like you know how like it, how like some French philosopher would have something to say on this. And I, I started going on about like, you know, social signaling and tribalism and all this. Like, so you were the French philosopher? Yeah. I was like, I was like, I, I've never thought about this before, but it's very easy to go on and put on your, your critique goggles and go mm-hmm. around, you know, talking about how everything has meaning with regards to what people right, are doing. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's not like it's an intellectually uh, challenging endeavor to, to take apart and deconstruct what, what everyone's doing, uh, and yet uh, deconstruction has has become kind of like a sign of intellectual uh, horsepower. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think that's probably part of why postmodernism has has taken off as it has over the past, you know, many decades. It's, because, it's a way like, of signaling how any any <laughs> anyone anyone can critique. Uh, it's much harder to build. Um, at the same time, there I I, I have enjoyed some Baudrillard that I've read. Uh, and here we are critiquing everything that Vitalik <laughs> wants to have built on top of it. This uh, uh, noted Bitcoin podcast is now a uh, postmodern philosophy podcast. It's just um, a haters podcast, just, Michael. Yeah, That's not, toxic. Yeah, so so toxic. Like we're just we're proving their point. All right, let's 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 finish up. We're on here. the last we're, tweet. We're done. Okay, peer to peer marketplace for internet connections slash incentivized mesh networks. Uh, we already heard. Um, Mike Hearn talking about this uh, with Bitcoin smart contracts in like 2013. So this is something that I've actually noticed since like maybe 2014 or 2015, how every Ethereum idea is just the old Bitcoin ideas. Well, okay. Now the next one is identity, reputation, and credit systems. He already talked about identity and web of trust in the first yeah but he forgot but this one he says eg refugees and he forgot to explicitly mention the refugees which is funny because we already we already mentioned refugees without even (laughs) knowing that he was going to talk about refugees later Uh, the thing is by the way like the p2p marketplace for internet connections and incentivized mesh networks now to be fair i do not keep up with the ethereum uh developer ecosystem i don't know what cool little projects people people have tinkered with on that but I have seen in the Bitcoin space uh, people making uh, Bitcoin payable Wi-Fi, oh, yeah. um, where you actually you you uh, I, I, you you pay some Bitcoins to be able to log into a, a, a public Wi-Fi system. So like that's been created, and you can do it just fine. I don't I don't understand. I don't even understand what the P2P marketplace is. I guess you would have like multiple different people in a location, like offer offering you different ones, but why don't you just show up with money and like people it's like going to a, a any kind of market or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know why you have to call it a peer to peer marketplace. It's just like you have providers, you know, I go out and there's 50 different coffee shops. I have my money. And I was like, okay, I want to go get that coffee, but I don't actually, cause coffee is bad, but um, <laughs> how dare you. <laughs> but um, anyway, like, yeah, it's literally just like, no, you, you, you take money and you pay for something like they, they have to, pump everything up you're saying like hype man with the the peer-to-peer for everything yeah like like in Vitalik's world the, the way that coffee should work is that everyone walks around with like a coffee grinder and coffee vans 
so that you can buy coffee from your peers rather than having to rely on a centralized business that makes coffee for uh, you know a living. Like that's that's awful. We got to be peer to peer with our coffee. I'm I'm gonna show one of my old tweets, uh, but I like it and it's relevant. <laughs> it was the best decentralized app is called the free market and it will be built on Bitcoin. Yeah, that's literally but- all it is. It's just people offer goods and services and you show up with money. That's all it needs to be. All right. The last one, which is also hilarious because we already talked about it, is the decentralized DNS alternatives, uh, you know, with uh, literally one of the first altcoins, Namecoin. Yeah. Uh, is, is there anything that, like, I mean, I, I don't know anything about, I, I've heard of it, but like, is there anything about it that makes it uh, more interesting from an engineering uh, perspective than Namecoin? Well, yeah, I, I'm sure that there is from an engineering perspective, but I think that like what is the problem with each of these is like a a from a product perspective almost uh, because like from all of these have been tried, all of these have been and some of them have had like a hundred million dollars thrown at them, <laughs> um, but I think that at the end of the day. These are all bad products in their, you know, in their, in the way that Vitalik's talking about them, in the way that everyone has been talking about them for, you know, years, if not decades now. Um, and that it's going to require someone who, and I'm not saying it's me at all, but mm-hmm. someone who can think about it in a way that's different enough that they create a product that people actually want to use. Right? Like, and that's what that's the difficulty of being a successful entrepreneur like we we need someone who is going to like be like okay for example palm pilots you know blackberries like they were around before but then the iphone came along and like it was a lot better and it kind of like it broke through into the mainstream and so mm-hmm. i feel like you know talking about decentralized identity okay it might be feasible from an engineering perspective but I think the problem is on the product side of like someone has not come up with the right way of, of packaging this or of even like thinking about it from first principles in the correct way to, to make it go mainstream. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe, or maybe uh, as it's, far as it's unsolvable, right? I, I, there's enough stuff just like seeing how, how Ethereum operates. I, it, it can be troubling enough to try to explain Bitcoin um, to someone who is, who's, you know, not a technical person. I mean, the, the economics are, are pretty easy to to get to people because it's just simple concepts. Um, but the the technical side of it, explaining that can be very difficult. To add on Ethereum with like the weird contracts and all of that, I can barely make sense of it. I'm not going to be able to explain it to uh, just anyone. So I don't understand why I, I why would any of those people want to use it. Well, I mean, you you could argue that like, well, you don't understand how an internal combustion engine, you know, really works. True, so, true. Um, as long as you can, as long as the utility is there, of it'll get you there at sixty miles per hour, which is great. Um, but what what I found most striking about this thread is just the complete lack of originality. Yes, yes, yeah. The fact, like we said, it was every single idea we can we can point. I we, we've heard it all before. Um, and the other thing too is, and I've seen this with some of the stuff around um, 
like recent BSV developments where they're kind of making stuff on top of the BSV blockchain, um, you know, various, you know, kind of, you know, imagine like, okay, if you assume that you have decentralized storage, here's the thing that you can build. And the thing is, is, you know, if Bitcoiners are the kind of people, it's like, we don't, we don't like willingly choose not to build these things per se, you know? we just moved on because it, it either was not a feasible idea or is not a feasible idea at the time. Right. Uh, and the, like, I, I have mixed feelings with regards to Lightning because I feel like there's some of the same thing going on in Lightning where we are rediscovering old memes, like the, the tipping. Yeah, meme. yeah. Or it's like, all right, we already determined that tipping is a fad and that people don't really get into tipping and it's not sticky. It's not a sticky product. Um, and so like, okay, it's great that someone, like someone, I, I understand that someone had to do it. Like people, were, <laughs> people feel compelled to, to, to implement tipping in every, and you know, they, they implemented it for XRP. They implemented it for Bcash. Like it's the thing to do because it's, it's fun. Um, but we shouldn't think of it as like, this is going to be the killer app. And this is going to drive adoption. Right, right. I think that's a very important point. And the other thing too is, you know, uh, you know, kudos, I, I, you know, to to the smart people. You know, I I think that there's a lot of malinvestment, but you know, kudos to a smart engineer who's able to hack something cool together in a weekend. You know, that's like I respect that. You know, um, but at the same time, the fact that you know some of this stuff uh, could also be hacked together so quickly shows that it's uh it's not like if it was feasible on bitcoin and i mean that in a sense of like if it made sense as an idea uh because bitcoin would probably do it we could do it quickly as well we we choose not to because it's not it's not useful um i i had another thought that was that was a little more related to what you said and i can't remember what it was yeah um you know, I, I guess, oh, yeah. the, like a lot of these things, like tipping is something that, that's very accessible. Um, and it's it's in many ways trivial. It's not like it's 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 not something that's going to take like me spending like a six months sabbatical, just like ruminating over some some idea um, and coming back like, OK, here's the thing to build on lightning. Um, it's like something that's it's just like a, a meme that's there. Um I think I think that's fun and it's cool to see like oh hey like tipping works just because you know that like hey the lightning network say anything you want about it, at least it's capable of like I can send this thing it works right. at least at that level um but as you say that isn't enough to take it all the way and we now, should we should temper our excitement Let's 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 bring it full circle to the beginning of the episode with our sponsor Lolly <laughs> No, they're they're not actually our sponsor. Uh, although we're open to discussing that if they want to, uh, but uh, where I th and I'm just using them as an example for this point, which is that I think that the um, so first of all, we have to if we're trying to think of you know the the question of Elon of like what what should be built on top of Ethereum. Like let's apply this to Bitcoin. Like what should be built on top of Bitcoin. Like to me, what should be built on top of Bitcoin is a continued intensification and amplification of what has already been built on top of Bitcoin and has proven to be useful, successful, mm 
and you know has got traction basically and super simple stuff of like people want bitcoins so like we have to think of a way how do you get bitcoins, bitcoins in people's hands yes how do you help people store the bitcoins how do you help people send the bitcoins so like you know i i get excited whenever you know i, I to be honest i haven't used a wasabi wallet much mm-hmm. myself but i get every time i get excited every time i see just like an update just yeah. to to see that people are developing interesting wallet technology because then it's like all right when i do want to use a wallet in the future because i think that bitcoin's value and adoption has reached you know or the uh, the the credit card system and the payment system like the fiat shit like has just become unusable because uh Oh man, we're already at an hour and a half, but I have something else I want to talk about on the fiat side. Um, but you know, just knowing that uh, there are improvements happening. So like spending with wallets, receiving with like BTC Pay server, um, and storage with hardware wallets, but also obviously uh, software wallets, um, mm-hmm. and um, and then actually acquiring Bitcoin. So whether it's Lolly or exchanges or uh, you know selling goods and services. All of these things, like they need to continue to be built on top of Bitcoin because the existing solutions are not a hundred percent done. You know, like there's yeah, a huge amount of work to be done. This actually reminds me of something I was that I was I, I've tweeted about it before, um, and I was just kind of listening to something today that brought it up again. This idea of of studiositas versus curiositas. So it's basically like studiousness versus uh, curiosity. And the idea is that a leader is a stu- studious person, not a curious person. And curiousness is, is in a way, uh, it's, a, it's a strong word, but it's like it's sinful in the sense that it's, it's very distracting. Um, and studiousness is focusing on studying the things that are at hand for the purposes of getting the goals, uh, hitting the goals that you have. So this kind of reminds me of that because to focus on what's at hand and figure out how to make it better, you already have a market fit. We clearly know what Bitcoin is good for. There might be additional things that it's, it's good for that as, as the economy grows and, and you know, fills in, but we know effectively what it's good for. Focus on building that. And meanwhile, to constantly ha- have your head in, your, in the clouds about all of these incredible ideas that are purely ideas. We don't have we don't have like a decentralized insurance thing actually built out. It's purely this idea. Like they they have code, but like that's not that's not a concept that's really like built out. That's meaningful to anyone uh, that's looking to buy insurance. Um, to to constantly have your head in the clouds. That is a constantly curious like a curiosity idea. Curiosity kills the cat. It's going to kill the crypto kitty. Um, it's just it's 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 not focusing on on actually building the world it's just uh it's just kind of avoiding doing like uh, actual dirty work um, so to, bitcoin to... is for the studious yes. uh ethereum is for the curious and all coins in general for that matter yes that's basically what i'm getting at um that's... for a long time uh, i would argue too that uh on-chain bitcoin is for people who are even more studious uh Whereas off-chain, people who are a little more curious. I, yes, although I, 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 I like those people. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, I my, am my point from... Actually, 
my point on that would Michael would be that um, for example like Sh Schnorr um, and also uh, Sighash no input um, those would help with off chain like if Elon Musk you know comes along and says, what should be built on Bitcoin well Schnorr should, yeah. should be yeah and it's like that's like as you know base layer uh, low level as as you know as you'll get with the the signature scheme, and yet, yeah, it's a it's an improvement that has not occurred yet, and I know that it's imminent, and you know it's on the quote unquote roadmap, but yeah. um, it goes back faith, to the also have faith in the market to figure out what to do with the short signatures once they're out. I don't even need to be thinking about all of the applications. Well, well, Michael, here's here's the the beauty of something like Schnorr is that. It goes back to the intensification and amplification of existing use cases. Mm -hmm. Of like, well, I know this is going to be immediately useful uh, oh, for uh, for uh, you know even signature aggregation. Like, yes, yes. Today, like we we do need that. Uh, people would use that today, absolutely. Um, for for a proven use case of sending Bitcoin on chain, like the, yeah. there's some would argue too much demand for for that happening. Uh, so it's already got like product market fit and it's not like, you know, Elon Musk, like what should be built on Bitcoin? Well, hypothetically, it'd be good to be able to send Bitcoins to each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, yeah, I've said for many years, I think it could end it on this, but uh, so there used to be a website, I think it's still up um, called Zombocom, Zombo.com. Let's see if it's still up, but it was like, it was just this old flash. Oh, you know, it's funny. I don't think I can. Oh, yeah. So it still exists. It's this old Flash website. So that tells you how old it is. Uh, and all it is is just like a little animation. There's a voice that's like, welcome to Zombocom. You can build anything at Zombocom. It's like this sort of like, he just says that over and over, these stupid phrases. Um, and I've always viewed Ethereum as the Zombocom <laughs> of cryptocurrencies because it's just, it lets you project any any fantasy onto it without having to actually do anything. And some people, I mean, they are like that. These developers are out doing something, but like as far as as real marketplace value, I, I'm yet to see that actually deliver. Well, Bitcoin has has delivered beyond my wildest expectations so far. Likewise. All right, that's a good note to finish the podcast on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to noted.org, n-o-d-e-d.org. And there we have a button called support the show and you click on that and you can either become a patron and send us dirty fiat or you can send us on-chain uh, BTC uh, with the buttons below. Uh, you can buy us a ranch for 100 BTC or you can buy us a hamburger for 0 0.001 BTC. Um, I, I need to work on getting lightning working on... Actually, you know... I just need a. I, I need to dig into Jeff's uh, Libra Patreon code uh -huh. and, and like see if if it will uh, meet our needs and fix that up. Yeah. There's just there's 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 too much to be built on top of Bitcoin and <laughs> too little time. Oh, hey, we're, yeah, not even, he, we're not even close to having uh, hurricane insurance. I'm surprised Vitalik didn't mention crowdfunding. Uh, I, I thought that would be that's a good meme too. You know, that's a good great meme. meme. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, join us uh, this summer 
at various different conferences. Um, so there's the Bitcoin 2019 conference in San Francisco that I'll be speaking at. Um, I was going to be on this bus ride from LA to San Francisco, but I'm actually not going to be able to be on that, and I'm going to fly straight to San Francisco. So if you signed up for the bus ride due to me, um, sorry for your loss. Uh, no, I'll, I'll make you whole. I'll make you whole, I promise. Uh, send me a, a lightning invoice, and I'll, 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 pay, I'll refund you. Um, the uh, So that conference... Um, and then there's, in August, the BitBlock Boom Conference in Dallas, which will be a lot of fun because we're going to have the Nakamoto Institute annual dinner uh, there. And, and by the way, on that, for uh, I know a lot of people have been waiting to hear back. Uh, we're still working on secure, securing a venue. Uh, hold tight. We'll, we'll get to you as, as time goes on. Uh, I, I, I have no doubt that we will have some of the uh, best beef in uh, Dallas on our plates and surrounded by uh, the best Bitcoiners uh, on the planet. Um, so that's going to be in mid-August, uh, Google BitBlockBoom conference and uh, fly in on like Wednesday before the conference so that you can hang out and do stuff uh, on the days in between. Our friend Jeff Vandrew is doing a uh, Bitcoin barbells so you can learn how to, to lift uh, there's also going to be a shooting range visit, and um, I'm also going to be teaching about lightning uh, before the conference. So um, definitely look into that. Contact me if you have any questions. Happy to uh, help you out. Um, and yeah, go go check out the node launcher, obviously, uh, and follow us on Twitter. Uh, leave a review, five star review. I you know. Don't bother leaving a review on iTunes. Like we already have a hundred reviews. They're all five stars. So honestly, I don't think that you're, unless you just want to be nice and like leave a nice note for us. I don't think that your review is going to move the needle, uh, but share it with a friend is what you should do. You know, if you've got that friend who's like, Hey, uh, is Bitcoin still alive? Or, like share it with him. And then uh, maybe he'll, he'll get interested or she will get interested. Uh, and we'll have one more listener. Do we want more listeners? I don't know that we want more listeners. We already have enough listeners. Uh, li- listener size limit is, I, is uh, what I stand by. Shouldn't we have some, impose some kind of scarcity on yeah, the just, number of... Just SoundCloud like, let us say like only this many downloads. And then, and then the episodes become like this rare thing floating around the internet. And you have to know the right guy. There's like... Bitcoin Sami's dot, just like a dark <laughs> yeah. network of of podcast sharing. You got to go to like this tour website to find like yeah. old episodes. Of- that way, if you get it, it's because you really want to listen, and you're going to be the best listener. <laughs> well, we want people who are very attentive when they're listening. I don't want people. I also, I, I don't want people who are like doing their laundry while listening. Okay, or <laughs> or, or commuting. No, to work you got to be sitting down. I want you taking notes. There's going to be a quiz. <laughs> Anyway, all right, we'll leave our listeners alone. I feel like we harass our listeners. (laughs) Uh, All right, thanks for tuning in. Bye, everyone. I'm taking over leadership of a team of six people. Two, I know, and four, I don't. When you've taken over leadership, did you, one, give a group talk? Two, meet with each individual? And three, what did you say? (laughs) Good question. Yes, obviously, give a group talk.
that's affirmative. You get everyone together. Hey, guys, my name is Bill. Mm-hmm. I came from this place. I'm here to take over. Now, there's a some judgment calls that you have to make because you're going to introduce yourself. But if you're taking over a well-functioning team, then guess what? You're not going in to revamp everything immediately because everything's going fine. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm happy to be working with you guys. Looking forward to it. I know you guys have a great reputation. Glad to be a part of the team. Awesome. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm here. That's easy. If you're taking over a team that's not working well, like there's problems and that's why somebody got fired and that's why you're coming in there, you might need to address some of those things. Hey, listen, I know things have been a little off track. I'm going to look at what's going on. I'm going to take input from you guys. We probably need to make some changes. We're going to do it together as a team. That's where we're moving from here. We need to get back to where we're supposed to be. Boom, something like that. And again, there's going to be people on that team that have been busting their ass and working really hard. And if you go in there and just disparage everyone, mm-hmm. they're, you're going to start off on the wrong foot. So yeah, have keep it pretty broad when you meet the whole group. Hey, this is who I am. This is where I came from. This is what I'm looking forward to, all that stuff. And then yes, do you meet with people individually? Absolutely. You go around, you meet with them. And when you, what do you talk to them about? You talk to them about them. You talk to them about them. You want to know about them. You want to know who they are. You want to know what their what their family situation is, what their interests are, what's going on, how they feel about the transitions that have been taking place. A little bit of that stuff. It's not about you. It's about them. So go, yes, and talk to everyone. Take notes. Maybe not right in front of them so you look like a nerd. But, you know, afterwards you go, hey, Bill has three kids. His wife also works at the company. He's interested in soccer and basketball. Whatever, you just take those notes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, actually good before you take some an over a situation, if you already familiarize yourself with this, you look at the maybe the HR website at your company has a picture of everyone, so mm-hmm. you kind of know who they are, gives you less stuff to remember. So there's that. Make good first impression. Don't go in there looking like an idiot. Don't go in there thinking that, oh, I just, I'm the boss man. So everyone has to bow down and and <clears throat> bow down to my superiority. No, they're actually mad at you, right? Yep. Yep. The, the thing is they're mad at you. So I remember one time I was taking over a small element and one of my friends was a part of the element and I went in, like 20 guys, I went in, hey, and I walked in, but I just had a notebook with like five things I wanted to talk to them about. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked in, I, I opened up my notebook and he said something like, you brought a notebook, you're always squared away. That's why you're putting in charge. That's why you're putting in charge. So like, just a little impression of, hey man, I am I take this stuff seriously. Mm-hmm. And I would say overall, your main goal when you're meeting your team, when you're meeting the individuals on your team, is you are looking to build relationships with the people on the team. That's what your goal is. Because when you build these relationships, that's what's gonna make your team stronger. Etc. Yeah, remember the time you were on, when you were on Joe Rogan the first time, where he was like, "Hey, you're the only ones who's ever brought a notepad." Yep. And you're like, "Just trying to be prepared." Just trying to be prepared. <laughs> it was good in case there's anything you know. Yeah, topic man. comes up. Take you don't want notes. it to slip your mind. Yeah, yeah. That that's funny. Uh, and I'm trying to imagine being a worker, and you know, when you get a new manager, you know, or whatever, new boss. 
um, you know, they come in. Yeah, if they were at like having an individual meeting, I would I would dig it. And then, but if they're like taking notes, I'd be like, wait, why are you taking notes? Like, well, how are you going to use this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, against me later or something yeah, yeah. like that. No, That's it's what like, it feels hey, like. Don't. Hey, man, how's it going? How long have you been here for? Oh, I've been here for four years. Oh, cool. Do you 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 married? Yeah, yeah. I got two kids. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. How long have you been married for? Oh, six years. Like that. You're yeah. getting to know the person. If I go in there and I go, how long have you been here? And you're like six years, and I write yeah, that write down. Yeah, write it down. And then I say, uh, what 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 is your primary function here at the team? You know what I mean? Yeah. If you just jump right into that, oh, yeah. we're not looking to build a relationship. We're just yeah. looking to find out how I can use you. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Even, I mean, you said it like, like how long have you been married? You said it like that. No. Man, it doesn't matter how you say it. You could say it the most nice, polite way ever. And when you write it down, it's kind of like, bro, like, <laughs> are you going to take all this information and sort of do some sort of evaluation for yeah. me? You know, kind of thing. It's what it feels like. You it know? does so, feel like that. That's why I specifically said when you're having a personal conversation with a person that you're meeting for the first time, mm-hmm. you're not scratching it into a notepad. Yeah. Now, so, that being said, if the guy says, you know what? I've noticed some things here around here that need changing. You go, really? Hold on a second. Yes, Let okay. me break out my notebook here and take yeah. notes on what you're about to say. Yeah, that's advanced. You know, if, it's, it's like when you get a micromanager. You're working for a micromanager, bring a notebook. They see you writing stuff down, they think it's they, they're like happy. Yeah. You trick anyone. Yeah, cause, well, because <laughs> when you're writing down their stuff, yeah, that, that's what I'm it saying. flips the script. It's like, it makes it like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's taking notes. It's important yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah Kind for of sure. thing. Like, he's going to evaluate, like, my opinion? Oh, hell, yeah, that's yeah. good. Roll in there with a the notebook. It's like the doctor, you know, when you go to the doctor and he's asking you, oh, yeah, like all the stuff you see him writing down, you know, in your chart or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though a doctor's situation is good because you want him to go evaluate it later yeah. or whatever, you know, give you a cure. But same deal, man. Same deal. Be careful with those notes. <laughs> for my sake. Geez. Check. Check. Echo's not prepared for you to take notes on him. We not got with, it. Well, Understood. not my personal stuff. How long have you been married? Oh, nine years. Okay, nine years. <laughs> got it. <laughs> well, bro. Anyway, you understand. Check.